I'll just do it the old way. Just do it the yeah, old I've got, way. Yeah, we, we've got the we've got the yips out. I'm, I don't want to talk to him anymore. Let's just start the show. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Let's go. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online and the Genreverse Podcast Network. We've got two quarter portions of the Ladtastic Four here to talk about. Guardians of the Galaxy, Riddick, Babylon 5, and the WGA Writer's Strike. We're going to start with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh Danny, yeah, we start with the good stuff. I am ready. Finally, a Marvel movie this year that's got me in the jellies. Go for it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So here we are 15 years after the launch of the MCU. This week, Iron Man started the MCU. And we are now here with the third Guardians film, the third of a trilogy. Uh, as James Gunn says that he is passing the torch to someone else. So how did the Guardians do? How did they fare in Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Let's find out. So our beloved band of misfits are setting into life on nowhere, but it isn't long before their lives are upended in the echoes of Rocket's turbulent past. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him on a dangerous mission to save Rocket's life. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Danny K. Bartlett. Yes, sir. Give me your uh, your Twitter review of this film. Ooh, it's so tough. I gave a Twitter review, and if you didn't see it on Twitter, I, I, I gave a Twitter review on Discord channel. If you didn't see it, it's this. Finally, the Guardians of the Galaxy get their end game. I loved this movie. Loved it. We're going to talk about it, but Twitter review, that will be it. Guardians get their end game. This is fantastic. Okay. So I am. Then we can talk about it. Then we can talk about it. Then we can talk about it. I got to do mine. Can I do mine first? (laughs) Go ahead. All right. So I thought this was a great film. Uh, It is easily the best film since Spider-Man. I would even argue it's probably one of the best films since uh, Endgame. I also think that I would put this probably in my top five MCU films. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, Yeah. And it is crazy to me that I walked out of this film kind of with a sigh of relief, like, finally. Um, but it's also bittersweet because this is James Gunn's last film. and But it also made me feel good that the DCEU, or whatever they choose to call it, is in good hands. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was walking out feeling exactly the same way, Joe. Well, I had a multiple... Uh, a multitude of emotions walking out of the movies. I don't want to get into spoilers just yet, but let's just say I've walked out of that that cinema feeling wholly satisfied and on a high and with loads of positive emotions flowing through with one very negative one too. Okay. So this film... So this film uh, has an 80% from the critics and a 96% from the audience. It's actually the lowest rated from the critics of the Guardians series. So the first one had a 92% from the critics and the second one had an 85% from the critics. So I'm curious from you, before we move into spoilers, what's your letter grade yeah. for this film? Uh, I. Okay. Straight and I'm going to be right there with you. Solid A. Yep. Um, There's a couple of yeah. things that were that limited from being an A+, plus that, uh, but a solid A, 100%. Everyone's got to go watch it, but an A is for me. 
Okay. So there you have it, folks. We've got litter grades from two of the lads. We're going to move into spoilers right now. All right. So let's yeah. start with your big complaint. Oh, well, when I, well, well, you mean the negative emotion? I simply, before I wanted to get into spoilers, negative meaning I was crying like a fucking baby for about 30 minutes of that movie not at one chunk but it just got me in the jellies exactly where it was meant to get me in the jellies if you're an animal lover you you cannot watch this movie without blubbering like a baby like i said and that's what i meant by the negative emotion of it i don't want to say anything but dude it managed to tug on the heartstrings obviously with the choice of music and and, and the, the the actual storyline too i don't have many major um issues with at all as a whole i think maybe how adam warlock's story journey was handled was a little a little bumpy and not quite seen through well enough but considering how much they were trying or james gunn was trying to squeeze in in an already hefty runtime what was it too, close to two and a half hours it felt I mean, it didn't about, feel that long, but I knew it was two and a half hours, roughly. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of stuff to squeeze in there. And so maybe there's a couple of pacing things in there, but they're so small, such squibbles, you know, with the whole character storylines that maybe Adam Warlocks was the one that wasn't quite fulfilled. But other than that, I I just felt absolutely fantastic in this film. Um, well, I mean, you're going to go through segment by segment or overall, but yeah, I, I feel 100% happy that it was done as I wanted it to be. And the reason why, just quickly, just the reason why, you know, it, it got the A as a score as well is because finally we've, you know, we've got a Marvel film this year and you said it yourself since Spider-Man that actually feels like we're back on track again. So there's that bittersweet, like, but we're not going to get another one of these, are we? Because right. James Gunn's going somewhere else. He's the only one so far, so far, that's managed to, to you know, to, to show us again that Marvel hasn't completely lost the plot with this. And the last thing I'll say before I hand over to Jonesy, the bad guy in this movie, we could have had him as the bad guy for the whole freaking next saga because, I mean, if it had been padded out, if it wasn't, he was freaking awesome. And and he's not, you know, he's a a god, right, and has control over other planets. So there is a far-reaching control that he has, and he played him so well. Forgive me, guys, I don't know the actor's name, can't remember the actor's name, but... This bad guy, this evil guy, fuck evil and brilliantly played. I would have gladly had him over Kang the Conqueror's current multiverse thing, timeline shit stuff that's bugging the hell out of me. So anyway, I, I mean, you Sorry, just Jonesy. have a bias. Just you just have a it. bias against the multiverse, right? So that's that's part of it. <laughs> no, really. you, you don't I like all those. Yeah. So I'm going no, to mess up his name. Ant-Man was... Was Kang really, really that imposing in Ant-Man and stuff? I mean, it, it, compared to this one, it wasn't. But he start. So the thing is, he started out that way. And it was the script, I think, that let him down rather than the characterization himself um, okay. in Quantumania. I agree with you. So the actor's name is Chakwudi Iwuji. Uh, and you'll know him from the Peacemaker series. And I, what I read leading up to this was it was actually his role from Peacemaker that had James Gunn cast him in this. So that is, you know, that's the connective tissue there. Um, And, you know, I'll say this, I'll echo a lot of the same stuff and you hit on a lot of the same things I was going to ask you about. Um, Marvel movies typically get a lot 
of flack for their villains. And that was an earlier problem, again, talking about the 15th anniversary of the MCU. But I thought that he was really good. And what I liked about him was I liked that it was, his motivation was very obvious. He wasn't somebody yeah. that wanted to take over the world. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. It was just, it was just a very good um a picture of a person who had a God complex was very jealous of his creation. Like at every turn, I felt like I could understand his motivations, even if I didn't necessarily agree with him. And I thought that he played very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, His motivations were something I could get my teeth into. Even like you said, even if I couldn't agree with it, I could see where they were coming from. They weren't just wants to conquer the universe or crush anything. Uh, So yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jonesy, go ahead. Yeah. No, and so uh, the other thing I'll say is I really, really liked, so I was surprised when I read, so Cam wrote an article for LRM where he talked about the fact that James Gunn had initially thought about this as being a Rocket and Groot spinoff. I am so glad that we got this Rocket story within the Guardians um, mold. And I, I think that that really enhanced this, getting to see Peter's reaction to Groot's story, getting to see Gamora's reaction to, I'm sorry, not Groot, to uh, Rocket's story and getting to see all of these characters view this, this trauma that happened to Rocket and just have a reaction to it. And that allowed the audience to feel that as well. I don't, I don't know how he would have done that if it had just been Groot. It probably wouldn't have just been Groot. Um, but I, I loved what we ended up getting. And so there's a line yeah. where he, they talked about, you know, like, why wouldn't you have told us this? And it's like, this is, this is absolutely horrific. Um, I just loved getting to see this, um, this from that perspective. I thought he played from, it wonderfully. Yeah. And that, what was, again, one of the many ways that it, it's such a great. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The emotional journey, even with the action stuff that's going on, was the the way that as the movie was unfolding, you, the, what was happening to Rocket or what happened to Rocket, um, seeing all those reactions, but also then how those reactions then help them to interact together and bond together or, or, or not, as the case may be. I think this is the most, um, this movie is most about family more than any other, <laughs> definitely more than the Fast and Furious films. Like they keep harping on about it being about family. This film is definitely about family. Still a Vin Diesel right movie. To the very end, the final scene. Yeah, even the very final end credits scene stuff. It's it's just it's very well done how that was padded out. And I can only think, Jonesy, that it may have started as a Groot and Rocket side journey, but I think as it developed when he brought the Guardians in, and it's always been about the little family. I think that idea then got fleshed out. So I don't think it would have been that same. Uh, obviously, not the same story, but I think this the family connections and how they reacted was because he'd brought it into a Guardians film and not a spin-off. I think that led to one or the other. What was your, so you said you were crying throughout the course of this movie. What was like your number one tearjerker moment? Well, you mean number one or the first one? (laughs) (laughs) Pick one. Tell me, you tell Um, me. 
it would have to be when think about it, even though it's still fresh fairly fresh in my mind because i did feel like i spent at least 30 minutes either crying or drying the tears it was when rocket escaped from the cage the first time mm-hmm. that whole post scene i mean i had tears in my eyes when i saw the animals that would be in um uh, experimented on for I know it's spoilers, but it experimented on. But I think it's it's the way they managed to get so much emotion in an animated raccoon's face, and of course the music always helps, right? The, the composer was very clever, um, but it had to be that. It was that you know that first scene when when he escapes and his the first friend the otter uh, when she she dies. Ah, I just couldn't I, I couldn't do it anymore and then you know <laughs> later on when they kept doing that I wasn't quite as many tears as when Peter was in space I couldn't help but smile when he uh, when the facial thing you know happened um, but yeah it's the escape when Rocket escapes and loses his first family his first friends that that got me hard okay um I you? I have a hard time crying in movies the one it's weird the one that really got to me was the scene between Craglin and Yandu. And there's nice. a moment where it, it, and I think part of it is because it's a call back to the second one. I didn't really like the second one, but there's a there's a scene in there where Yandu is talking to Peter and he's talking about um you know the way that he uses the arrow is because he uses his heart, not his head. Mm-hmm. And so that line is when he's talking to him because that was about how he was fighting his dad. And so in this, Craglin up finally understanding how to use that device and him getting his hero moment. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed that scene and getting to see Yandu again. Um, yeah. because I just said to someone about um daddies versus fathers, and I referenced that scene. So him coming back for that scene made it that much better um so i really enjoyed that um let me ask you this so at the end of this film we've got a new guardian team we've got a team of craglin Groot, um philavel cosmo the fuzzy little creature blurp and adam warlock um so Zoe Zaldana and Dave Bautista have been pretty vocal about being done with this series. It is possible that uh, Chris Pratt is going to come back in a solo Star-Lord film. Which of those films would you want to see? Keep in mind, neither is going to be directed by James Gunn. So we've got a solo Star-Lord film or a a volume four with this team. Oh, without that, that's true. I don't think it would be volume four. I think it would be something different. I think if they did that, they'd make the same screw don't, up. Don't, qui- don't quibble. Don't quibble about the name. Mm. Oh, in that you case, get, well, you get a yeah. film with this team, call yeah. it whatever you like. Whatever you want. And then you yeah. get a solo Star Lord film. Which one would if you they want? Are, If they are my two options, Jonesy, I'll have a solo um, uh, Star Lord. Really? Tell me why. Yes, sir. Well, because I that although that final scene was a, a, a fun scene with the new guardians, I am not that connected with um, Adam Warlock, or and here's how I'm not connected with it, or the young girl that was with them that you just said. I have no idea who they are at the moment. So you just put me on the spot a little bit. I know Star Lord. I would feel that him and Chris Pratt's charisma would, as long as we're again, it's not James Gunn directing or writing, but. Um, 
I would feel more comfortable and confident that that would be a more enjoyable time at the cinema rather than the, the other group that I at the moment don't have much connection with, except Cosmo. Okay. Because she is dog. a good dog. She's a good dog. Bad dog. Bad dog. You take it back. I am not bad dog. I'm a good dog. I love that no. scene. Um, well, that multiple scene, unlike Screaming Goats, I could have had that scene multiple times and still found it funny because it was done in a different way each time, right? When they're playing cards and all the rest of the card people are like, oh, for God's sake, just tell her she's a good dog so we can get over this. <laughs> so it's the same joke played, what, five or six times maybe throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And like I said, unlike Screaming Goats, it was funny each time, not just the first two times. Okay. A little reference um, to that shit that we saw this year. <laughs> I, I have a hard time with the same answer. Uh, I don't okay. know that I would give the same answer, but I'm a little torn. And part of it is because Star-Lord's most controversial moment for me, and it's it's a shame Nick isn't on here because I was going to needle him. For years, we've been talking about that scene in Infinity War where Star-Lord tries to punch Thanos um, rather than letting the plan go through. I'm like, that shit doesn't make any sense. And he's like, that makes sense. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So James Gunn last week said that is that's not how I would have written the character. And so yeah. now we're having this discussion about what what are we going to get if we get a new version of this character written and directed by someone else. And even Chris Pratt said it would be weird, right? But he would do it. So I I don't know. Um but the same I would thing love... for the group, right? The same thing for the other That's right. It might be a different rocket, thing. a different group. Because it is very obvious that it is that the secret sauce for these films is James Gunn. 100%. Um, yeah. Like he, that, he's just so good at writing these characters. Yep. I mean, so when we had the little banner come up at the end of the movie that said Star Lord, the, 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 the amazing Star Lord or whatever it was will return. Legendary. Wasn't I even, it was something, wasn't it? Like he'd written it himself. Uh, <laughs> was, was, okay, well, I'm just going to assume right or wrongly, that he was going to come back, but as Star-Lord in movies from Marvel. So he's going to be involved in, because he's now on Earth, right? So he's, he's as, yeah. as, as it stands, he's leaving on Earth. So anything that happens on Earth, Star-Lord is someone that could be called upon or could come bring, bring back into action, right? So I just saw that as, okay, we're going to see Star-Lord again. Um, not I don't know if the cameo is the right word, but as a, 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 a character in another movie, another Marvel movie, sure. not his own movie. I wasn't thinking a solo movie. That's why I said out of the two options you gave me, that's the one I go with. But it's neither of those I think are what are going to happen. But what do I know? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think for sure we'll probably see him again in like whatever ends up being the next Avengers film and potentially a Secret Wars film. Um yeah. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't know. I think the last thing, there, there are two last things I would say about this film. One, I'm glad that they brought back Dancing Root. Um, it was fun to see him as an adult dancing. Yeah. Um, and then I, I really just love that this film had a lot to say about loss and trauma and love. Yeah. And it's such a good job with a send off for these characters uh, with uh Drax and Mantis and yep. all of them like it, it is it is apparent that these well, characters well, are written written with love yep like and, that, and, and it, it, it shows and they got they got I feel they got their what they they deserved amount of screen time they deserved amount of of development etc and have that and I, I think all of them deserved it you know if the, the only small criticism that I think of is the Adam Warlock thing maybe 
but also there's one maybe just one too many fake outs as far as someone's going yeah. to die kind yeah. of thing but you know what I, I i thoroughly enjoyed the action sequences i think because i don't remember thinking any were shit but i couldn't necessarily describe many of them to you right now other than their location and i think that's one of the oh. great things about this film oh with it what I was going to say is that what's sitting with me is how I felt emotionally about the whole sure. journey with, like you just said, the, the love, the loss, the family, the emotional roller coaster. And I think that's a credit to the film where it's not just, oh, well, it was a good action film. It probably was. I don't remember it as being that. That's all I'm saying is that I remember it for the emotions it gave me. And so that's a credit to everyone on screen and, and obviously a majority of people behind the camera too. It was, uh, so it was for me, they stuck out to me because they were so much fun. So when they went into, yeah. when fought Nathan Fillion and Mantis <laughs> was going nuts on those guys, like that was a lot of fun. Um, well, the corridor scene, we had a corridor the scene. Corridor in the scene. Yeah. That was fantastic. Like almost like an, it wasn't old boy, but like every time there's a corridor <laughs> yeah. fight, I'm like old boy. Um, that was a fantastic fight scene. And then um, when they beat the shit out of the high evolutionary, and then you get I mean, to see the, the mask the come off. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, but God. it also gives. You, it's also one of the very clever because when Rocket did that is to his face, you're like, well, how much damage did he do? I mean, he's got those sharp little claws as a raccoon, and then I was not expecting to see that because we didn't see yeah. it at the time, and I thought, oh, they just they just cut that out because it's trying to keep a PG 13, 15 rating or whatever. And then when we did it, I thought, oh, oh, oh Rocket, you had your moment earlier, but. <laughs> well, what I loved about that scene was as they're pulling it off, Rocket was like, it's a mask. Like he knew. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I fucked yeah. this guy up. Like I know yeah, this is in his face. Like that, yeah. yeah, he looked <laughs> that. So I, I really enjoy this film. Um, highly recommend it. And I'll yes, probably sir. watch this multiple times. Me too. Um, I, I just watched the first one again. Yeah. I, I watched the first one again. again. I'm going to go back and watch. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is good. And I know I'm gonna, I know I'm going to cry again too. Cause it's just awesome. So yeah, I, I, I agree, Jonesy. Before we flog it to death, I think we both love this movie for for very much the same reasons. And if anyone is on the fence about it, get off that fence. Go don't and watch be. this film. Yeah, yeah, don't be. Go watch this film. Um, I'm a little worried because we've got a writer strike going on, and my biggest concern is that we won't get as high quality films like this coming out. Uh, in the near term, we've got um, the Writers Guild going on strike. So we have 11,000 plus writers that is between movies and television who are no longer working. Uh, the first casualty here is the, the late night television folks. So they're done. They're off the air right now. Yeah, and I saw that. So I don't know. Jimmy, the Jimmy Fallon and all that straight away, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't know how how um how plugged in you were to what happened in 2007 what we saw was a huge advent in um reality television so we got more and more and more and more and i'm curious if that's going to happen this time um there's actually already kind of a, a list building of stuff that's going to be impacted by this so like one of the things is going to be um the lord of the rings show i don't did you watch that i did i and i actually quite liked it but as soon as i read the article that i think you're about to reference where they're going to go ahead regardless or they're going to go ahead without any people uh, script writers or anything on set I, I i can only assume it's because of the amount of money they spent so far and it would cost too much to to delay but that was that was i was like whoa 
I'm not sure that's such a good idea. <clears throat> Maybe you should just pause the production. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, to your point, it, it costs a lot of money. Um, so I, I guess the first question I would ask you about this is, um, well, let me let me set up one other thing before I ask you about this. So there are a couple of sticking points when it comes to this. One of the sticking points is um, the fact that they want folks who are doing streaming for broadcasts and folks who are doing, I'm sorry, doing writing for streaming and doing writing for broadcasts to make the same amount of money. Um, and then the other sticking point is they wanted to uh, limit the use of AI in these productions so that AI couldn't get writing credit, um, so that the studios wouldn't be using AI to basically do spec scripts for it. And this is almost sounds like it's in conjunction with another sticking point, which was the idea of getting rid of a writer's room, which if you've ever watched a television show, these shows have rooms where they're a bunch of writers, this is exactly what it sounds like, that you know work on shows as they're in production. And so the question I would have for you is, do you, is there anything in there that sounds unreasonable to you? And what is it that you really think that the studios are afraid of here? Yeah, I don't, it's, it's difficult to say whether it sounds unreasonable. I totally understand about the, the, the disparity in pay. Is that, was that the first point, John? I can't remember which order you put them in. Disparity in- yeah, so, so here's, here's a for instance. Between streaming and broadcast, um, tele- yeah. yeah, broadcast television, they make more money than they do in streaming. So, like an example I've seen is Netflix pays, depending on who you are, they pay significantly less than right. what a broadcast uh, production would. Gotcha. So I can understand that because at the end of the day, you're, they're putting, they're bound to be putting in the same hours, the same effort, and they come with the same qualifications and certifications and skills, etc. And they should be compensated. But of course, in a in a free market kind of society, it's like, well, go right for the other the other company then kind of thing. But I do understand where that's come from. That has that has merit. The the AI one is a fascinating one because I, I'm pretty confident that's already happened already, right? And the idea of getting AI to write a, a, a skeleton script or whatever you, whatever you call it and then have someone else come in and, and humanise it a little bit for want of a better description, maybe that's not such a bad idea. Maybe from a devil's advocate point of view, we get some young up-and-coming writers that haven't you know, managed to get their foot in the door fully yet and they get a stack of these AI scripts and they get to practice their skills and soften them up and, and toughen them up and give them some human emotion, et cetera, whatever it is that they feel that AI can't provide and then put that on producer guy's desk and, and see what comes out of it. It's very difficult to, it's always very easy to see both sides. Like AI can help people in this job, not necessarily be taking the job away. It could give us some more originality or it could lead us down the path of the same mediocrity, the same shit. Um, I really don't know, but from a, taking people's jobs away, I don't necessarily feel that, that that's the case. I think it could open up more prospective jobs for people, um, just not the same ones we're used to seeing, that's all. So I can see it from both sides in a very, uh, um, from a place of limited knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so the, I can play devil's advocate and I can see it both ways. Um, I guess I do have a concern. I could see where they're coming from with the technology aspect, but I feel like with every advent of technology, we've had this same kind of freak out. Um, 
is this one so different than the ones we've had before? I don't know. And if I was able to tell what technology was going to do 10, 15 years from the future, um, then, you know, I'd be a lot richer than I actually already am. Um, <laughs> one of the things I find kind of interesting about this whole debate is, so like David Zaslav, who we've had conversations before about, um, so the Warner Brothers CEO who's in charge of this HBO Max and Discovery merger that's been going on, who a lot of his big mission right now is about cost cutting, right? We've heard him talk about trying to bring down the cost of these productions. He made $250 million. Oh, And so it's very interesting to me that he talks about bringing down the cost of production while he's making quarter of a billion dollars. Um, yep. You know, how many writers could this feed? How many writers could this pay for? How many writers' rooms could he himself fund? And so, from that perspective, that's much easier for me to understand than the technological implications of AI. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where I feel like, yeah, they're probably right. Yeah. Just from yeah, that perspective, that because yep. he's literally making money off of their hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And and not just a small chunk of change either, not just a little, not just a little bonus. That's a that's life changing money for pretty much everyone else in that company. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where it is. That's the easy place for it is for me to uh, understand the story. So, um, it one of the other thing that makes it kind of interesting is at least on the AI front, you have folks like Joe Russo who have embraced this. Um, so it's not an entirely united front when it comes to what's going to happen with this technology. Um, sure. So yeah, yeah it's going to be it, fascinating it, it, going forward. I, I can't help but feel that it fits into a, a, a the segment of embrace the technology and use it to create what you want more, give you more to uh, toys in the sandbox kind of thing, right? Like when when it, when special effects became easier and more cost effective, oh, well, now they're going to ruin films because it's all going to be special effects. And yes, we had Phantom Menace, but we've also had films that have greatly benefited from having this new technology, right? We, we, we wouldn't have got a film like Avatar, love it or hate it. We wouldn't have got that if technology wasn't being pushed forwards. And if, when you have directors and producers and, and writers that embraced that technology and said, right, what, what does this allow me to do now that I couldn't do last week? So although not exactly the same, I think if you get people like um, Russo embracing it rather than just immediately being scared of it because it's new and it's changed, who knows where it could lead us? It could lead us to more Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and less love and thunder. So here's one thing that you could actually do with AI right now. You could probably say, hey, I want you to write Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4 in the style of James Gunn. And ChatGPT would spit you out a script approximating that style because that's out there. And so that's one of the fears that they have that I really understand. It's this idea that without even involving like someone like a Terry Pratchett, right? So Terry Pratchett wrote, what, 40 plus Discworld novels. At I least, could go into yeah. chat GPT and say, hey, spit me out one of those in the style of Terry Pratchett. And it's going to go out there and scrub the internet looking for his style of writing and be mm -hmm. able to give you something like that. And so- from, And it would be like, closer, again, right? Because there's so much content that you could absorb from that, right? Yep. Yeah. So 
So yeah, um, I, I can see the concerns. I can see the valid concerns at the same time. I don't know that I would want to foreclose the technology. Um, I don't know what kind of limits they ended up putting on, like you talked about CGI and things like that. And so it'll be interesting to go back and compare the, the freak out from the art industry, not, not just art, but, you know, production industry that they had over this technology and what limits, if any, did they put on it at the time and try and, and do a comparison? Um, I think it'd be hard to do that, but yeah, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. I guess we have to see, obviously this didn't affect the stuff in the UK at the same time. So uh, it wasn't, it was quite close to just before I moved here to Dubai where I have more access and uh, to US stuff via the streaming services that were available at that point. Um, but I certainly do remember some of the stuff that came out afterwards that wasn't, you know, quite as yeah. good as we'd liked it to be. So, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more reality TV for us in the future. Is it? Oh, joy. <laughs> joy. <laughs> Let's talk about another thing that won't die. What are we talking about? Let's talk about another thing that won't die. We've got Richard B. Riddick. So before there was your favorite character, Dominic Toretto. There was Richard B. Riddick. Uh, this is a character that over the last 20 years is one that Vin Diesel has talked about is incredibly close to his heart. Uh, he has been featured in, I had to I had to think about this for a minute to find out whether or not it was true. I was like, yeah, it is. He's been in three movies, two video games, an anime production, and a motion comic. And I was like, has he really? And I was like, fuck yeah. And I've played both of those games. Um, so I found it to be absolutely hilarious. Um Vin Diesel this week shared uh, some concept art. I don't think it was made by AI uh, on his Instagram. <laughs> and so he showed Richard B. Riddick having like some sort of enhanced abilities that we got a glimpse of in the second film. Uh, but I don't recall seeing much of it in the third film. And so this film uh, doesn't have a release date, but we do know that as of right now, it's called Riddick Furion which is the name of the planet and race that he is from. Uh, so it's Furia is the name of the planet. Furian is, are the people. And so this film is supposed to feature him going back to that planet. Um, but wasn't he the last just, one though? Wasn't they wiped allegedly. out? Wasn't that part of this? Yeah. Listen, yeah, listen, let me tell you, there was once upon a time, Obi-Wan was the last one too. And now we're finding out that Order 66 has lots of motherfucking holes in it. Just like, Man, Jedi them, squirting them, out here. Them clone troopers couldn't freaking hit the broadside of a barn any better than than the stormtroopers that came after. So many, so many freaking Jedi survived. So many freaking Jedi that they should shouldn't have. Order sixty six, my ass. Maybe sixty six because they're elite. <laughs> Maybe their communicators were faulty, Carl. They had faulty communicators. I I I'm, I I whatever. It was. It's just. God, why do why do people worship George Lucas? Like the the guy is a good ideas guy, but he can't write worth shit, man. What's your son's name, Cole? Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. No, uh, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. It it is that whole Order sixty six because it it just actually when when you've got, got so many Jedi on the other side, it just Richard B. Riddick. Richard. Yeah, B. Riddick. sorry, Richard sorry, B. Riddick. sorry. Focus. <laughs> That's your that's your, your over fault. 10 minutes, Carl. Stop messing with our 10 minutes that we're doing so well at sticking to not. <laughs> so uh so Richard B. Riddick, uh not an actual Jedi, but 
there are some comps some comparisons yeah uh so this film is gonna it's gonna we're gonna delve more into his origin we're going to get to see what happened it was hinted at in the second film uh didn't do too well so we didn't get a lot of that he went big then he had to go back small again for the third film hopefully to go big for this next one we'll get to see a lot of that um i'm curious you've seen a couple of these right did you ever play any of the games I didn't play the games. I've seen all the movies, uh, and I, 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 in order, I would say it's definitely one, three, and two for the order that I would give the merit. Uh, but I'd never played any of the games or read any of the other um, uh, material that came through. I, I wasn't that much of a huge fan of them. I just think that number one was great because of its originality as a sci-fi movie. It was great. Uh, number two looked had some fantastic set pieces and stuff, but it definitely got too big for its boots. Uh, number three, I enjoyed because it kind of went back to its basic roots of number one. I'm not saying they're outstanding films, all of them, but definitely I enjoyed them for what they were and what they tried to do. I'd be up for this fourth one, but I've no idea about the other the other lore, what was written in the movies, uh, the sorry, Jody, the games or the, the comics. Did you say there was an anime as well? Or was it a manga? There is an anime. So yeah. the games are a prequel to the first movie. Ah, so right, he talked okay, about being in Butcher Bay and what happened to his eyes. So you live through that playing the game. Um, the animated movie takes place between the first and second film. So you get to see what happens when he escapes with escapes the planet with Keith David and one of the other Oh, cool. Um, folks okay. Okay. That planet. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds cool. And I mean, I don't know if it was, but yeah, it was, it was good for what it was. Like, you're like, yeah. and I think it was in college at the time. I was like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. Yeah. So, um, I'm up for this. I, I enjoy that character. I'm curious, um, uh, where this is going to end. Um, is he ever going to get to the point where he's like, okay, I've, I've made the definitive X number of films in this series and I've, I've done it because, the last film came Wait, out. Did you say X number, Jonesy? Do you mean he's going to make 10? Was that a subtle, clever reference when he's done not. X number of movies? No. Oh, okay. So, so that could have gone two ways, right? That could have been his franchise Triple X, and it also could have been Fast and Furious. Like he's just all over it. No, I, I guess I'm just really curious where this series ends because the last time we saw it was 10 years ago. 10 years wow, ago. Wow, has it been 10 years, dude? 10 years. Jeez. I didn't wonder. So, uh, well, you know, I number the last one was a good place to leave it. I was happy to be done with that. So who knows what will come with this fourth entry. One of the reasons I think I enjoyed them as much as I did for a multitude of smaller reasons, but the main reason is because he doesn't talk much, and I think I prefer my Vin Diesel not to talk very much. I, I really do <laughs> stick to saying I am Groot over and over again. And that's about as far as I can go. So if he just says, Dang. I am Riddick lots of times, then I'm okay with that. I'm oh, we didn't even talk fan. about that. You just reminded me. We didn't even talk about that. The very end well, of yeah, got a speaking, li- a speaking line. That wasn't correct words, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Um, I don't want to, we're out of spoilers for the other thing. So I don't want to say it now, yeah. but I, I can't believe we totally forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm really curious. I really enjoy that. I enjoy the franchise and enjoy the series. Um, I'm just curious where it will end and whether or not we'll have to wait another 10 years after this one comes out. I'll be dead by then. I'll be gone. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> Speaking of animated features, so 
J. Michael Straczynski, who is who has worked on comics like Rising Stars, he has worked on the real Ghostbusters. He has worked on Babylon Five. He is murder. Been she wrote working. <laughs> I I tried to jump in before you said Babylon Five, but you you got to it before the before the button could depress because that is such an odd one that J, JMS was involved on murder. She, murder. She wrote. Sorry. <laughs> and also murder. She wrote. Um, he, he's been talking about a reboot of this series for quite some time. Uh, it is in development hell right now, um, because of between the sale of WB and a couple of other things that never, I'm sorry, the CW, it just got stuck for a while and they're trying to figure out what's going to happen with it. He started teasing another project in the last couple of weeks and there was speculation as to what this was going to be. And I have to give flowers or flowers to do. So there's a discussion in Discord. Jump on the Discord if you'd like to have fun in these debates. Kyle and I were talking about what this project could be. And I was like, well, he did Rising Stars. So maybe it's a comic book. And he was like, well, he also worked on Real Ghostbusters. So maybe it's a cartoon. Kyle turned out to be right. So it turns out that Warner Brothers Home Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation, they are dropping a Babylon 5 animated movie. Um, no release date or actual movie title or other details are released yet, but he did say that they're going to come out a week from today, which I think is either yesterday or the day before when you made that tweet. When you're listening to this, next week is when he's going to drop more details on this. Uh, he described it as classic B5, raucous, heartfelt, nonstop. A ton of fun through time and space and a love letter to the fans. Um, I'm incredibly excited for this project as someone who loved Babylon 5 growing up. Um, I watched it in conjunction with Deep Space Nine. And I just, I really loved this show. It was a lot of fun. It had a lot of heart. The characters were fantastic. And so as someone who is interested in seeing that story continue and seeing things like crusade or seeing the legend of the rangers not catch fire and a lot of that had to do with once uh it left network television and went to tnt and tnt just didn't really know what to do with this thing it kind of failed after that um now getting to see this story continue on in animated form gets me excited again and i'm i can't wait to see what it actually looks like so Danny, what do you think? I got nothing. This was the show that I didn't watch because I was watching Deep Space Nine. I, I, we were talking about this just before we started recording. And the only thing I remember about this show is that there's a character that's named after a biscuit in the UK, which is Gary Baldy. That's all I remember about it. I was oh, is that why you remember? On, yeah, because it's a biscuit. It's food. I like food. Um, I genuinely think it was a question of at the time I chose Deep Space Nine. And you gave me a great piece of uh, trivia I suppose you could call it about what was happening at that time with those shows but I was definitely watching Deep Space Nine and not watching Babylon Babylon 5 yeah, yeah. sorry dude okay. yeah I got nothing I'm glad you're happy I'm glad but, you're happy and I hope you live for 10 more years so you can enjoy it I got a question for you, for you Jonesy uh what type What's of up? uh what type of animation style are you are you hoping for are you looking for something like powerhouse are you looking for straight western do you want to see something stylistic like what what are you hoping to, to see out of this all right so now i gotta figure out now you're making me want to go look up i have no idea what powerhouse is as a uh, powerhouse Hold did on. castlevania Power. and uh 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 he-man from kevin smith oh that would be a fantastic one 
Um, so Castlevania would be a good one. Um, I what I you know what I can tell you what I don't want. I don't want something in the style of Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that. Um, you know what else would be a good one? What's that? I'm trying to decide. Do I think that would fit the world? Um, was Arcane, mm. and I'm 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 fifty fifty because I don't know how that would look in space, but it's highly stylized, um, and I just think that it would it would it would make it pop a little bit more. So cool. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing that gets me excited for this project is the possibility of getting to see how something like crusade would end. And it made me wish that creators when projects um, didn't take off or for lack of a better word, fail um, that they would look to other medium to try to get that story out to fans who supported it. So like, be it turned to a novel, turn to a comic book, turn to animation, give me something that at least allows me to finish this story. Uh, that's always been one of my biggest complaints about the industry. But I'm glad he's getting a second bite at the apple. Maybe, but at least with this animated feature, we'll get something. It's the best I got. Do you think it's going to be, I mean, do you think, Stroke, would you like it to be something that is purely a continuation of what you remember or something that is accessible for someone like me or completely completely new to the to the show? Because you mentioned a couple of things that obviously I have no idea about these, these storylines or these characters or whatever, whatever they were. Would you like to see that as the whole of what he's releasing? Or would you be happy if they covered some old ground just to bring people like me back into the fold? I mean, as an animated feature, um, I think it is. You know what? I can't imagine that Warner Brothers would let him make this unless there was something that would at least attract other folks. Um, My preference would be like just get, make it a love letter to the fans, like, and okay, I don't yeah. necessarily need it to be accessible to folks who don't remember a lot of stuff. But the the biggest problem with that though is unless you're continuously watching these things or remember, you know, a show that's at this point 25, 30 years old, um, even someone like me will might go, wait, what was that? Should I remember that? So yeah. it it at least on some level has to be able to catch someone like me up who watched every episode of that show um yeah. a few times so yeah. i you know well because yeah. there's the rub right there i mean i i won't watch it when it comes out you will but based on what you tell me about it i might well catch up with it afterwards and i think that could be the the key to driving the numbers right is to get the hardcore fans like you that are definitely going to jump in on opening day so to speak but it's going to have to have enough good word of mouth and, and stuff to be able to, to to get other people involved right so yeah. I hope that yeah. I hope that's the case because I'm all, and especially if we, you know, if it is an animation style that I too quite quite like, would, would, would want to watch. And I did like when you said Arcane, I was remembering watching that, and I did enjoy that that kind of style. So I'd be up for that too if it was in that style for sure. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'll say, the last thing I'll say about it is he did post a picture of himself and Bruce Boxleitner, who was the star of the original series. So at least from that perspective, um, we're getting. It's not entirely new but the sad thing about it is the significant portion of that cast is dead um sadly so like i was looking at i think it's the season four cover of the dvds and the only person that is alive is him 
Bruce Boxleitner. Wow. Um, and it's just like, oh man, that's depressing. So yeah, it's a good way to leave it. <laughs> yeah, depressing. We started off on such a high and now we leave it depressed. Thanks, now Jonesy. we leave it depressed. Now we leave it depressed. But I think we can leave the show there. You got anything else to say about any of the topics we talked about today? No, just go watch Guardians no. of the Galaxy. Do it now. Number three. Agreed. Do it. Do it now. Agreed. Do it. So we'll leave it there. Uh, folks, if you like what you heard, do all the socials. Like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would certainly appreciate it. Also, LRM and Genreverse have other content where else on their respective websites. Jump on the Discord. Let us know what you think of any of the topics we talked about today, be it Riddick, be it Babylon 5, be it Guardians, or the Rider Strike. We would love to hear from you. Our Legion grows. Also, the anime weeps. They love Kyle. You're welcome. Someone has to. Someone has to. Hey, hey, hey. I've got at least the, the dog, uh, sometimes the wife. <laughs> well, is it, when is your birthday? Hopefully not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, folks, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna.